0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Elect 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. It is Super Bowl weekend. Uh, Jeff, let's start with the football, but shortly, a couple minutes, we'll get to our man Keith Pompey to break down the NBA trade deadline and what's going on with the Sixers. Uh, How you doing, man? I'm doing okay do you get excited for the super bowl when your team's not in it like i know it's kind of
1: a like you know what's weird i need a rooting interest when i watch football do you have one in this game well well, that's the weird part i don't I, i don't dislike either team i don't particularly like either team this might be the first super bowl that i can remember watching purely because i'm actually interested in just the game
0: okay so you are interested in the game
1: Very very interested. I I think that there's a ton of storylines in this game. I think that there's a, a ton of great players in this game. You have two really good teams and it has the promise of a really good Super Bowl.
0: Do you think we'll get it? Which I'm, means it won't. I was going to say, that's what happens. The, people, the second
1: I said that, the, I, I'm like, what am I thinking? It's a Super Bowl.
0: The games that people think are going to be the best are the ones that turn out to be duds. But I mean, you got a matchup of the number two total offense against the number two total defense from the regular season. In the playoffs, the, the Chiefs have only given up 17 points a game, second behind Baltimore. Actually, no, they've given up 41 points total in the playoffs, seven to Miami and 10 to Baltimore. I mean, they're they're playing dominant football. Can they do that against this explosive San Francisco offense? Which I don't see. see I don't. I don't agree. I,
1: I mean, look, the Chiefs weren't great all season. They've been really good in in the playoffs. But if you look at that team, they're not the dominant offense that they've been in the past. They have a much better defense this year than they have an offense. You still have Patrick Mahomes. You have Isaac Pacheco. You have Travis Kelsey. Uh, 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 you have
0: uh, Rutgers guy. Just point Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, good. I'm glad you pointed that I out. I just, just, I got to, go like, somebody's playing. <laughs> so I got to, I got to, I got to take it when I can get it.
1: You, you really want me to start taking off the guy, the Michigan guys that are in the game today? No, we, we only have um, a
0: 57 in show, Chad. We can't, we can't go that long. <laughs> so,
1: so so thanks for knocking me off my group. But the, <laughs> the, the problem with the Chiefs this year is they have horrible offensive line play. Horrible offensive line play. I mean, if you heard Bosa in his pre Super Bowl interview, his comment was they hold a lot, which they do. They do a lot. And you have a really good defense that's going to be bearing down on Mahomes. Mahomes can handle it, but it's not you're not going to have a lot of huge plays in this. It's going to be a lot of dink and dunk from from them because he's not going to have a lot of time
0: to throw. How about Brock Purdy? What do you expect out of him? You, you've had all all season and last season, see a game manager, people who love him, really love him. Obviously, Kansas City's defense has played better. They they had a big loss with uh, one of their defensive linemen getting injured in, in the championship. So we'll see how that impacts their rush against them. But... What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy going into the game? Who has the opera, He'll be the third youngest quarterback to ever start a Super Bowl and the youngest NFC quarterback to do it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Is is the moment going to be too big for him? He seems like a guy who nothing is too big for him. Has the moment Except ever for the been rain. too big for him? The rain is and, the only thing that's been too big for him. Right.
1: So, so I look. I can honestly tell you, I have no idea what we're going to get out of him. You, I you just don't know. But it's not because he's inconsistent. It's because there hasn't been a lot to show. And everybody keeps using the dreaded phrase that you just used, which is the game manager. It, and, and a lot of people, including Cam Newton, have used it basically to, to take shots at him. Yes. I hate to tell everybody that's watching the Super Bowl, um, Patrick Mahomes is a game manager. There's lots of game managers that have Super Bowl rings. Everybody, game manager doesn't mean that you're not talented. No. It mean, it mean, and for Patrick Mahomes, it's obviously different than Brock Purdy in certain ways. But you, if you look at Patrick Mahomes, he had a really bad game against, the, what, the Bengals two years ago. I think he threw two interceptions in that game and looked bad. Since then, how many interceptions does he have? Zero in the playoffs? I think he's six and five and zero or six and zero in the playoffs with zero interceptions, and it's because he's managing the game. He's taking what the defense gives him, and Brock Purdy, except for a couple games during his short career, has done that too. And yet he's slighted, and he's always going to be slighted because he was the last guy taken in the draft. But the fact is, this San Francisco team over the last few years has had a. Got, what was Trey Lance taken third in the entire draft? In the same draft as Brock Purdy? He didn't do anything no. in this offense. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do that in this offense. So people should start just waking up and realizing Brock Purdy, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he's a really good quarterback who manages what is given to him,
0: but has the talent to do more with it. And look, for his experience and as well as Patrick Mahomes plays, He's 28 years old. He'll be the youngest quarterback to start in four Super Bowls. We've talked about his dominance, never not playing in a AFC championship game. I mean, this is just a chance for him to keep writing his own legacy out there with Travis Kelsey, who's had another dominant playoff run, surpassing Jerry Rice in different stats. How can they match up? You know, I always look at it from the Eagles perspective, and I talked about it all the time with the linebackers and that was my concern and it's the same thing here can fred warner and the san francisco linebackers kind of minimize travis kelsey and make the wide receivers that are clearly the weaker part of the offense for the chiefs beat them i don't know if that happens will your boy Kadarius tony be on the field <laughs> you know just for, you i know, wish that our, i know you, we, think
1: that you think the giants just sit there and go Told you so. He had look. He had a really good Super Bowl last year. Yeah, but the guy's a bonehead. I mean, he (laughs) just he just makes like to tweet out from. Wasn't it from a new account that he decided to do this? That it wasn't him. (laughs) Why? I, I don't. I don't understand. Like the the brain functioning process of in the middle of a playoff run. If you want to get in the game more, and you believe you should be in the game more. Tweeting out to the public. I don't get it. And embarrassing your Hall of Fame head coach, who every other player adores.
0: I don't get it at all. Um, I, I just I don't understand And it. to
1: answer your question, no, he doesn't get on the field.
0: No? <laughs> no, I don't think he does.
1: I, 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 I don't think they need him. I don't think... Look, even, even the great play he made this year was a, not a great play because he couldn't look to his left or right and make sure that his foot was behind d- the football. I just enjoy
0: bringing him up for you. It's just it, for our listeners, we do a radio show, but Jeff's face whenever you mention his name, it's like a mix between pain and like dumbfoundness with Is no. it really? Yeah, it's it, like I have no poker face. You'll tell me after the show like, "Why was I making faces?" or something during it, and I'll be like, "I don't know. I wasn't even paying attention to do it." You generally don't make faces except for mm-hmm. like a couple of names, like if I mention Urban Meyer or if I mention Kadarius Tony or guy. Like mm-hmm. somehow those guys just do it for you. I I don't get it. Uh I know you won't be gambling. There,
1: there, there's, a, there's another one that gets her from me, but I refuse to use his name. So we can talk about it some other time.
0: Oh, okay. No. Well, it's hard to have a conversation if you won't say what it is. I know. <laughs> makes it, you know, we do a radio show, and if you won't talk on it, it makes it really hard to talk about whoever yeah. it is. <laughs> well, well, you know what? We have
1: a couple minutes left, I think, before Keith is going to hop on. Uh, why don't we talk about the continuing coaching carousel? <laughs> oh, you mean you that, mean how Mike I actually Ra- want to talk about the guys that aren't in the
0: league now. You mean how so. Mike Vrabel is too big and scary and intimidating to be a coach? That,
1: that might be the oddest report I have ever heard. Is that there are people in the NFL owners in the NFL that didn't want to hire Mike Vrabel and and agreed upon great coach because he's big. <laughs>
0: Does like, that mean I have really? a chance to become a head coach? Because I'm uh, well, not.
1: <laughs> like that, it's the most ridiculous thing. That is thing. the oddest thing. And, and as a guy who's six four, uh, I'm a little offended. But, <laughs> but I'm also not. I'm not six four and brable like. So yeah. I I don't understand. Like, really, are you that insecure? You're a billionaire, and you're that
0: insecure that your head coach is scary to you. clearly clearly how we should be making decisions in the nfl i don't know i mean we can't
1: go a show without mentioning michigan after the national championship did you see wink martindale you must love loved about to be is about to become the defensive coordinator of michigan
0: you must love that you got to be happy I think, because I thought Wake Martindale a, ran a great defense for the Giants. I did not. He think he was the problem with the Giants this year. No, I, I don't think he's a problem
1: with the Giants, and he's one of those guys that, that they have a young, very young staff, and he's going to be able to to mold a very young staff and produce the next John Harbaugh's tree of especially defensive coaches is incredibly
0: impressive. It is, and I mean, look, let I, I just. Do you do you think that Jim and John, talk about what you think their paths are going to be now going forward. I thought Jim's son was going to be on the staff, right? But it turns out he's going to Seattle now.
1: Yeah, Jay, Har- Jay Harbaugh is now going to become the special teams coach in Seattle. Surprise me. Uh, it, it Surprise me. I thought Jay was going to be right by
0: Jim's side. But you know what? I mean, didn't he Bill really... Callahan get let out of his job so he could go coach on his son's staff? <laughs> <laughs> I think they just want to see well, the, the father take direction from the son there. <laughs> I, I, it, it is. Look, there's always,
1: in it, just in life, the, the day your kid either surpasses you or has to break free of, of your shadow. And I think that's what's going on here. The odd part is what you just described the The day that comes where where the father or the parent then becomes an employee of the
0: son <laughs> of the son or the daughter. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, it's, once it, you're it, once you're working for Alex, we'll have a whole different show to talk about here. Yeah, on the no. Radio. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did want to
1: say one thing. I, I n- neither one of us, I don't think, could survive that. One,
0: so. <laughs> one thing I I did not like from an Eagles perspective. Uh, Mike Zimmer is going to be the defensive coordinator in Dallas. I think that's a very good move for them. He was a very yeah. good defensive coordinator. And- he was a
1: very good. I was actually intrigued by the idea that they were talking to Rex Ryan, and I was actually very concerned about that move. Uh, I, I think that would have been a great move by the Cowboys that would have scared everybody in the NFC East. I do. Zimmer's just- a good. Zimmer's a good move. I think it's, I think Rex Ryan would have been a great. move.
0: Well, and I think Zimmer brings competence to the staff. When I think McCarthy is McCarthy, so I mean, I, I just, I'll be happy as long as Mike McCarthy is coaching in Dallas. It's a good thing to me. Uh, the I Eagle, still
1: don't understand Dan Quinn getting hired. I just I just don't.
0: I don't get that at all. I, I, and now you've talked about it the package that's coming cliff kingsbury ends up there does caleb williams now do they trade up for that pick with chicago and and take him in in washington
1: you you know you hear different things i've heard i've heard former general managers say that if i'm the bears i don't even take the phone call i I totally disagree i mean from everything i've seen and everything i've heard about drake may drake may is also going to be a really good quarterback and if you have somebody who's clearly just not going to play for you. I think this is being set up that Caleb Williams is going to pull an Elway or, or pull, I mean, pulling an Elway is actually getting drafted and then not playing or pulling an Eli Manning, who before the draft said he wouldn't play for the Chargers.
0: Yeah. Just said, I won't and play for you.
1: Exactly. And, and I, and I, they, they have now taken this one step further by taking his, I think he actually referred to him as his boy in, in a tweet when he got the when Kingsbury got the job I think Caleb Williams actually put out something congratulating his boy. So uh, th- these guys are close. It has been no secret that supposedly he wants Cliff Kingsbury as his coach and I don't think how I don't think if you're the bears you play chicken when you have some other really good quarterbacks on the board and you can make that trade and probably get another first round pick or high second round pick or something when the bears have, and, and the bears are also going to be able to trade Justin Fields for either a second round pick or, or a first round pick.
0: Uh, clearly so
1: I just, I just think you got to make the smart move
0: here. It seems like Caleb Williams is committed to Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, how committed are you to the show? Have you, uh, reserved our tickets to Brazil? no come on man sorry i I, you know come on i don't
1: really i don't understand this i just don't like starting the season on a friday night of labor day weekend when again that's college football
0: time they don't want it to be college football time they want every day to be nfl time jeff that's it like can they play nice in the sandbox no They
1: screwed the NBA this past year with with now playing on holidays and and now they're going to sit there and say to college football, you can't even have like
0: the Friday, Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Why does this surprise you? I am not surprised in the only thing that surprises me is it took this long to happen and just wait. The ratings are going to be huge and they're going to do it a justification to do it in future years. But but if you're (laughs) this counts as one of your home games. Yes, they were supposed to have 9 home games this year at if, the Lincoln. If if you're an Eagles fan, are you
1: thrilled that your game is one on Friday night and two that that it's No, look, your home game your home games in Brazil. I, I understand Eagles fans travel well. I don't know if I'd want to go to Brazil to see a football game. I'm just I'd like to go to Brazil someday, but not to
0: see a football game. I'm glad we're getting the Eagles talk out before Keith joins us so that he can't rip on this, but as an Eagles fan, the, I, sure it's fun to be included in these things. But the way this season ended, I'd rather everything just be as normal as possible. And you start the season getting your stuff straight. (laughs) Like, that's how I feel about this team right now. You're going to have new coordinators, a bunch of new players, a lot of new systems that you're putting in. And oh, by the way, let's go travel halfway across the world to play a game on a Friday night, totally out of our schedule, and then come back and start the season back regular after we fly back from it. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with the Monday night game after that in week two to give them more time for rest. So, again, you're not really on a normal NFL schedule. You'll do Friday night, Monday night, then maybe get a Sunday game. It's just it's not the ideal way to start a season for a team that had its own struggles over the most basic things, which you've got players coming out. I don't know if you saw Lane Johnson at the Super Bowl. Uh, I had said to you a few weeks ago that the 49ers broke the Eagles. He basically admitted it. They, they gave so many problems and it's an imitation league and people were able to crack the code after that and they couldn't figure it out. And Britton Covey's out there. What talk- was the code? Whatever they were doing in terms of how they were playing, the Niners gave a roadmap for other people to stop it. And Britton Covey talking about the stress that they were trying to get back to it. I mean, clearly these players could not figure out the tailspin they were in or how to get out of it last year. And they're still talking about it. It doesn't make me I appreciate honesty, but it doesn't make me feel any better about what we watched, because it reinforces the things that you and I were sitting here saying on the radio that everybody could see, yet nobody would admit.
1: All right. So until Keith tops on, we got some prop bets, which I was shocked. Like, you know, we put together this document and you've. This is like your area. I know, and I was. I'm sitting there going, "What's the glaring prep miss this week?" And it was, and not that you normally have one. This was one. Like, yeah, you no. not having prop bets. I mean,
0: wasn't it just last year we had the prop bet guy on? You yeah, know, it's a failure on my part. Uh, I got I got a little <laughs> bit behind and was trying to catch up, and I made the choice that I wanted to sound educated talking about the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. I, I made sure that I was like up on that and totally dropped the ball on the prop bets. And I know that you'll be big on heads or tails. Uh, <laughs> you'll be big on the first jersey number to score, whether it's odd or even. Come on, Jeff, tell me. You you're think I'll,
1: get- I'll be big. Uh, here's two that I have. One I actually heard. One I, I'm just li- saying. I haven't seen it yet, but I don't understand. who. Here's the, here's the one I haven't seen yet. Who has more yards, George Kittle or Travis Kelsey?
0: Who do you think it is? That's the
1: hard one. I, I, I'm thinking it's probably going to be Kittle. I think
0: they both have
1: good I, games, I think actually. that Purdy is going to lean on Kittle a lot in this game. And, and I think that, that the Chiefs are going to be so focused on stopping Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey that, that I think that Kittle is going to have a really big game.
0: He's going to have to if they're going to stop those guys. I mean, otherwise, you're making Purdy beat you with your second, third, and fourth receiving options. And that's not Mm -hmm. the way that San Francisco wants to play the game. Uh, I know you'll be very interested in the Gatorade bass color. Are you on that? Yeah, that's not my thing.
1: Here's the one that I never understand. So they have things every year. One of them is like how long the national anthem goes. So, couldn't, couldn't, who's doing, who, I don't know, who's
0: doing the national? Can not Reba McIntyre this year? Okay.
1: Can't Reba McIntyre like call her kid and just say, hey, by the way, I'm going over on
0: that. I love how you asked this same question on the national. Like, if I go back to last year's show in the year. Did before, I really?
1: I've, I've actually asked this yes. before.
0: Yeah, I could yeah, totally. Well, see, this is what, hap- and, this was, this is what happens in my age. I generally remember, like, things we talk about. But I love how your you're curiosity, you're, you're kind of like my my three, well, two, to be four-year-old can, who's done it before. Why? But then every time he does it, it's the first time. So like you ask it earnestly, like what mm. happens if this is going to happen? <laughs> As if you've never had the thought before.
1: <laughs> I, I, I really thought I never had that thought it's before right best. now. It is the right now. Did watch. I ask the prop bet guy this question
0: too? <laughs> I think so. I don't remember whether you asked to him or when we were talking. Cause no, like you said, I normally put the prop bets in there and it's but that's there. My,
1: but that's my, I guess that's my lawyer brain speaking. I, But I don't understand like, that's those are things that can mani- be manipulated and so I don't understand why anybody why any betting organization would allow that unless you're only allowed small bets like would they stop a million dollar bet why don't you try to place it and let me know if it's allowed to go through <laughs> Well, I don't know Reba (laughs) McIntyre, so it's not a short thing for me. (laughs) So you don't know what you're going to (laughs) do. Yes. If I knew Reba McIntyre and she was willing to tell me if she was going over or under, then I'd be good with
0: it. Are you a Super Bowl? I don't. Are you a halftime guy? Like, do you care about the halftime show or or the commercials or anything like that? No, but it was
1: (laughs) interesting. I read an article this, this year about before Michael Jackson what the super bowl halftime shows were like (laughs) it was just it was just a parade of like bizarre acts and like high school and college marching bands it wasn't until until michael jackson it wasn't what it is now no and then all of a sudden it just blew up
0: i didn't realize they don't get paid to do it the singers they get a production budget to hire people and, and produce the show and everything, but they don't actually get paid for doing it. It's the exposure of performing before a billion people that they do it for.
1: Yeah. And I, I, you know, I don't, I, I hate to, to do this cause I'm, I'm not sure, but I thought I had heard somewhere that there was one act that actually paid paid to, to do it be the halftime. yes because it would be advertising for them but i but i i don't know it to be sh- certain i just heard it at some point
0: oh so you're like passing on some kind of x rumors that you always no man i'm, a- I'm actually have.
1: asking the question if it, if it actually happened thinking that maybe it would be another piece of useless knowledge that you would have <laughs> 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 i love your faith
0: in me so were there are, there are there any other prop bets that that uh make you excited no, not really. I mean like I don't I don't bet anymore though. I, I would take the over on number of challenges initiated by coaches. <laughs> it's one and a half. Oh, he,
1: here was the one that I heard I actually heard yesterday that is its prop bet somewhere. Whether there will be a doink.
0: I heard that they have I thought like a, was a good one. I heard they have like a DOINK camera where they have like cameras embedded in the poles to show I, I th- you.
1: I think that that who I have a conspiracy theory that whoever makes those polls has perfected on purpose that sound that a football will make when it hits (laughs) it because it is the most incredible sound in sports you should make it your ringtone can you think of of a any other sound in sports maybe a home run the bat hitting the ball but can you think of anything where that sound Elicits so much emotion the second it happens because all of a sudden you have the anticipation of is it going through and is it going to break my heart or is it or is it not going through and going to break my heart the reaction the potential reaction to that
0: is different but the sound it's like in hockey when they take a shot off the post and it just that's another be, good one be, see we could have a whole we could have a whole show on the sounds of sports well if keith forget the hardest
1: sports we can call it the sounds of well, if sports. keith's
0: too busy and doesn't join us then we can just keep making up stuff <laughs> to talk about <laughs> we'll figure it out eventually you know we do no, a show.
1: A, i mean it's not like he's been busy I, I i don't you know nothing's happened in the last couple of days with regard to the nba right are you watching i mean we'll talk to him about the six am weeks. i watching the nba or am i watching the trades both
0: Yes and yes. You didn't respond to me at all. You ghosted about me about which about which
1: one? You you've set the precedent that I now have to follow that I'm, I only respond to. I think one out of ten is what you said.
0: Okay, well, none of so, them were about what was going on in the NBA draft. I haven't heard any or, or not to draft the the trade deadline, which notoriously I've gotten every deadline wrong. Well, that's on right. The show you got it wrong. So as weeks.
1: far as I was concerned, any information you gave on the tra- uh, on the trade deadline would have been false information. So well, why
0: why? Bother? Now it's fact, and we'll get to yeah. what the Sixers did, but did you have any thoughts about what some other teams did? It was a rather uneventful trade deadline, unless you're a Knicks fan. The Knicks have turned over their team a lot. Yes. When did
1: they become yeah, they, a functioning they have, they organization? Have, they have a real. They have a really, look, the, to me, the teams that you should watch for when it comes NBA playoff time are the Oklahoma City Thunder, who actually did the process right. Because they are one of the best teams in the NBA and built it and, and still have a boatload of picks going forward. They, they control I the mean, draft going forward. They are so set for the next five to eight years. It is absolutely amazing. how is it Sam Presti? How he did this? Yeah. And, and the other two teams that I'm just surprised that I would be saying come all-star, to almost the all-star break are the Knicks who have just become so deep. I still, I don't look at Jalen Brunson as, as a star. He's an all-star, but I don't look at him as a star and I may be wrong, but, but I don't see him as a, okay, maybe a superstar. I don't see him as that. The Knicks are doing this with just depth and, and having all the pieces. And the other team is actually the Cleveland Cavaliers who just quietly have gotten just gotten better and better and better this season and had quite a winning streak when did the knicks become a functioning organization oh they're still not functioning at the top but somehow the the general manager has put it together and you now have a coach who is seems to be drama free and seems to be doing a really good job you know who i didn't understand
0: what they were doing at all the bulls like i I don't get it you talk about what did they do nothing Right, Zach Levine's out for the season. They didn't blow it up. They didn't bring guys in. They didn't move. You know, I thought the Sixers would look to try and get Drummond. We can ask Keith about that if he's if he's able to get free. But I, I just I was surprised they just kind of stood pat. They they didn't bring guys in. They didn't make other moves. How about the Lakers? I, after all the LeBron talk, mm-hmm. nothing. No moves. Are all these teams just looking to play in the buyout market? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, there, there's just not a lot there. I mean, who,
1: who are you going to trade for? That's why I'm as as the Sixers continue to, to do what they do and pile up room for a cap in the offseason, you, you got to ask yourself, well, what's it all for?
0: Who are you going to get? Well, why don't we come why don't we hit the break and if Keith's able to join us afterwards, we'll come back and talk about that. If not, we'll we'll talk plenty of sixers ourselves. Let's stick with us.
1: Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains, and the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, Elec, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium we understand infrastructure that's why elac and local 825 are ready to get to work
0: welcome back from break the nba deadline has passed the buyout market is upon us who better to break it all down with us than our man keith pompey keith quiet time right not much going on nah man i went to bed at six o'clock <laughs> <laughs> uh all right A. m or a.m <laughs> <laughs> yeah right all right i I don't even know where to start uh i'm not going to start with the play on the court because i don't even know what the heck the team's going to look like anymore let's start with the trade deadline and then we'll get to Embiid's health after uh talk to me about what happened yesterday i don't totally understand everything that they did can you bring us up to speed on on who's here and who's wait
1: if you don't understand why don't you just read his article
0: well, I I've just read,
1: read the story. It tells you everything you need to know. I've read it, and I I want. And thanks for joining us, Keith.
2: Bye. My the article I, is trash. That's what he's. Saying. Like, I would
1: never say trash. that
0: to your he face. He read it
1: because he texts me after he reads your after he reads your stories. He's like, did you read
0: Keith's story? So yeah, no, I okay. I, I read your <laughs> stuff and I share your stuff, but and I I get your take on it and the breakdown, but. I don't understand some of the guys that are out and in. So let's do Buddy Healed first. Talk about that move and how you think that fit is for the team. And then we can get to Pat Bev and Springer and everybody else.
2: Yeah. You know what? I, it, it, great. I, I, I do like, I do like the Buddy Heald move for, for what they, um, for what they needed. Like, let's face it. They haven't had a knockdown, legitimate knockdown shooter since Seth Curry. And they traded him to Brooklyn and the James Harden deal. So what this does is it opens up space for you. Um, It gives you now they do have some guys who can shoot the ball, but they just don't have a designated knockdown guy who can help you out um, and and do things like that. Now, when you look at it, what they gave up, they they gave up for Concord miles Um, that they traded Marcus Morris. I really didn't like the fact that they got rid of Marcus Morris because I felt like he gives you a lot, but at the same time, I don't think that Marcus was a guy that they basically felt like, you know, he's gonna be here long term, we're gonna build with. Buddy Hill is a guy that they can look at. They can say, say, hey, look, is this gonna work out? And then we can resign. sign you. Burkhan Korkmazz was a guy who they've been trying to trade forever. He's been asking to get traded it. forever. Yeah, and he's been asking to get traded forever and they couldn't do it. So, you know, I don't really have a I don't have a problem with that trade at all. Like I wish that Marcus Morris um could stay, but at the same time, you know, like when they drafted him his best asset to them was a $17.1 million contract, right? So they got the shooter that they wanted. Um, so I don't have a problem with that one in that trade.
1: Is he a free agent after this year?
2: He'll, he is.
1: He no, is. Well, uh, Morris. Is Morris a free oh, agent? Oh, Morris. Yeah, yeah Morris. Yeah, everybody is so, so, so here's the way I look at it and tell me where I'm wrong, because I'm usually wrong. Um this the moves that were made this year aren't because people shouldn't get their hopes up that the moves this year are to make a championship run this year. The moves that they made this year are test runs to see whether or not they should keep people and to figure out what they're going to do in the offseason. So, Buddy Healed is another another guy that you bring in. You hope it works. You see if he get he provides the spacing that helps Maxie out. And if it works out, then you can offer him big dollars after the season. But they didn't say this is the final piece to the puzzle for this year.
2: Nah, it's not the final piece to the puzzle for this year. I mean, he could be someone like if Joel Embiid does come back, he can help them out, right? He can. But but the way that the, the moves that they basically made in a way goes to what you're saying, you know, because they got rid of some gritty guys who are playoff tested. Right, and that's what you need—playoff-tested guys and who who can help, like you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, if Joel comes back, yeah. If if not, it's one of those things, like you said, you can just get a look at him and you can decide and determine how he plays, and 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 then. But typically, when you do trade for a guy like that, um, you you often have conversations with their agent and say, hey. If we would trade for your guy, would he be willing to come back? I mean, or what's the chances or probability of him re-signing with us in the offseason? Isn't that so, tampering? <laughs> uh, it is, but they all do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nowadays, if you get caught, it's a second-round pick, right? So I, I, I'm so naive. <laughs> yeah. They I, all
0: do it. I was surprised. Like, I mean, all the moves were in the conference.
2: <laughs> yeah it was crazy to me i mean like i yeah because like so you got the pacers they made a move with the pacers right and the pacers and um are like battling for that fifth spot right and then they made a, a move to milwaukee bucks and then they also the kicker was that they made the move to uh the boston celtics
0: i need you and to it explain was kind
2: of like if you're trying to win and contend You don't want to give up guys to those teams, right? You don't. You don't want to.
0: I need you to explain to me the move of Jaden Springer to Boston. Now, look, I get he's not a dull player. He can't shoot yet. He's 21 years old. And this week he locked down Steph Curry and Luka. We traded him for a second round pick. Now, my thought is they did that in Daniel House to open up space for the buyout market. But I don't understand. That's the kind of piece that, why wouldn't you want to develop a guy like that? He's got that lockdown defense already. I just, I didn't understand that move.
1: He's also upset because now he has to buy a Springer jersey that has Celtics. I already so. told so you. Keep that in mind. It is, is so is funny the preface to
0: this question. It is so funny you say that because my <laughs> brother-in-law is from Boston and a, and a Boston fan. And I told him he is not allowed to buy my son a Celtics jersey with oh, Springer I on him. There is zero Don't chance <laughs> that comes into this house. That's not happening. But Keith, what, what am I missing? Like, is it just money?
2: Uh, I I think it has a lot to do with that. I do. But, see, I also feel like if Jaden Springer would have been – if the trade deadline was a week ago, a lot of people are like, okay, good move. Like, okay, they got rid of him. I mean, you know, um, uh, and the reason why I'm just saying that is because um, when you look at it, it's, it's one of those things where he was a guy who had a hard time getting on the floor, and if it wasn't for injuries, he wouldn't have been playing, right? We know that. He's also – and and because he had a hard time coming on the floor, he was one of those draft picks who spent most of his time in the G League, right? He showed some flashes, but he's not a pretty good shooter, right? But when you look at it, he's making $2 million this year. He's making $4 million next year. What that does is it's giving him $4 million to work with underneath the salary cap, right, for next season. For this year, I feel like – What can you really do with four million dollars? Didn't we do
0: the same thing with yeah, Isaiah Joe? Like we don't yeah, develop- I mean, but we-
2: then also you look at it and you see in the luxury tax for this year, so they're getting that stuff coming down. So the owner is saving some money. Now, it's not oh, good the salary cap, but it's the luxury tax for the thing. But you guys are right. You look at Jaden Springer and you saw what he did the last two games, you know, like Curry didn't get a shot in the first half. Luka Donich, every time he saw him come over, he's like, oh, my God, get this guy out of here. Right. And they traded him. And I felt like, wow, I don't know. I, I felt like he could have been a guy that you could have continued to develop and he could have been a quality two guard right next to Maxi for the future. Same thing. That's with, what I felt. Same like.
0: thing with Isaiah Joe. They, they actually yeah. draft these good young guys and then because they don't develop as fast as they want because they don't put them on the floor enough, they move them and then they can play someplace else. I just, part of it drives me crazy about this process development, whatever they're doing with it. And like, I get that he's on the court now more because of injuries, but don't you have to have some of those guys on the bench? I mean, this team has two guys under contract next year. And Paul Reed isn't under contract if they don't make it past the first round. So they got Joel yeah. Embiid under contract next year. They got all the money in the world to spend. Thankfully, they didn't give up any first round picks. Is this just a buyout market play where it's Kyle Lowry and other guys? Is that what we're doing here?
2: You know what? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I feel like the one thing that we we're not a lot of people aren't looking at. You know, they wanted to go after a center. They wanted Andre Drummond. And, and, you know, Chicago wasn't willing to give them up for anything. Like, Chicago kept the, the guys intact. In, in Chicago was asking for a lot. So while we – while everybody – you know, when you make these trades, everyone always says, like, we got what we wanted. We got what we wanted. We had flexibility, this and that. Oh, the buyout market, we're going to get guys there. But the one thing is, the one thing that they were unable to get was a center. And, and, a, and a dominant center, a guy like, um, I think there was only one guy out there that could really help them the way that they, they they need to be helped. And that was Drummond. So they were unable to get that. So that's the one thing. Now, no one's going to talk about that publicly, but they, they were unable to do that. So that's the one thing. Secondly, I do feel like they're talking about the buyout market now, like, yo, we can get Kyle Lauer, we can do this. But the thing about the buyout market when they went out there and got Ersan Ilovisova in the buyout market right um no um uh no, no it wasn't it was Marco Bellinelli cuz Ersan they traded for Ersan right. so they got Marco Bellinelli that helped them in the playoffs a little bit or during that stretch but it didn't really help them in the playoffs but at the same time it was like they had a core around them right so you can just plug these guys in on the bench but right now when you look at it, I don't know if a center in the buyout market is going to be able to help this Sixers team and, until Joel gets back. I, I just don't see it because typically it's a guy that a team doesn't want anymore and this and that, and they're just giving them away. They're just letting them walk away because if the guy had value, a lot of times they would have traded him. But if he doesn't have value, you wave him. So I don't know, based off of the guys that they got in previous seasons, prior seasons, that you're going to be able to get a legitimate enough center who you say, I got enough confidence in this guy to hold down the fort until Joel Embiid comes back. So, uh, yes, it's, it's great to say that this is what we plan to do. But to me, it the more that I'm waking up and thinking about it, It's kind of like this is a move. They're making moves to get prepared for next summer.
1: And that's my concern is the one thing we haven't discussed yet, except in the terms of when he comes back, if he comes back, is Joel Embiid. Is it even a wise thing for him to come back this year? Should the Sixers have made a single move with the idea that if he comes back, We can do X, Y, and Z. Or should they have just made moves and said, Joel, look, we don't care how well you think you're going to feel. Come the end of March, beginning of April, where the playoffs are going to start, it's not a time for you to start messing around with that Nick. He has a long history of injuries. Why not just wait, just shut him down for the season, not play with this at all, not even give him the hope unless they're afraid that he's going to demand out of here just because they do that.
2: I think it's a little bigger. I think it's different than that, though, uh, to be honest with you, um, Jeff. I, I feel like he has to come back. And the reason why I feel like he has to come back, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the Sixers, right? I think that Joel Embiid, the Olympics are this summer. And if Joel Embiid does not come back for the 76ers, and he plays for the Olympics is going to be – the optics are going to look bad because people are going to say, hold up, you didn't come back and play for your team, but you made an appearance in the Olympics and you won the gold medal, right? So I feel like in order for him to do that, to be honest with you, like it, it, you got to come back. You got to make yourself available for the 76ers. You get that little ramp up, whatever it is, the playoffs come – the team may, may win one series or they may lose another one, but everybody's going to say, look, he came back, he did what he had to do, and then guess what? Let him play in the Olympics because he needs to get some games in there, you know, this and that, do this, and everything is a win-win. But I feel like if he doesn't it's come not. back, it's if not, he doesn't though. come back, yeah. It, and you play in the Olympics, there mm-hmm. are going to be certain people saying, now what is it? Or is it? The gold medal above the team. Aren't they? Aren't people yeah. going
0: to say stuff anyway? Like, isn't that the well, whole that, well, reason? Well, he's
1: that's hurt? it. It's to, to me, anybody that's actually going to say that, one, I don't think is right in saying it. But the bigger problem is if his if he's really going to play in the Olympics, that's even a worse reason for him to come back now. Uh, you want to go practice with the team when when it comes time in July to do that? I get it. But if you're going to put more taxing on that knee when we all know that the Sixers are not going to win the championship this year. It doesn't make any sense. Let him go play in the Olympics. Let him be the guy that Philadelphia can be proud that there's a Sixer on the gold medal winning Olympic team. That, that seems to be the answer. And he's only playing for a couple weeks in a month after he's gotten his knee to be stronger. Do- to me for anybody i i get what you're saying but to me anybody who's thinking that way isn't thinking long term do- and the sixers
0: are not getting past the first or second round ra- round this year do we even know what his originally or his original injury was like, we don't know. He was sitting out because he had swelling on the knee. That was before he had the meniscus surgery. You watched him in the game where he went to jump, and it looked like his knee was giving out. He's lumbering on the court. Like, I, t- I said to Jeff, I didn't think he should have been on the court in that game. I thought he only played because of the pushback he got from missing the games before and the pushback of not playing in Denver. So, like, we don't know. Have Maybe they've told you as reporters it doesn't seem like they're being very transparent on any of this. Do we know what the original injury was and do we nah, know what the surgery was on the second injury yet?
2: No, nah, it could have been a bone bruise, but no, nah, they haven't they've been especially when it comes down to Joel, it's kind of like top secret, right? Is uh, you know, with the laws and all that other stuff and I think Joel really really doesn't want stuff out there. You know, Joel wants to make it seem like he's not as banged up as he is, right? Because he wants to go out there and play and be a warrior. So nah, they they, they kind of kept that a little bit uh hush hush to the vest, so to speak. Because in the way, he doesn't want you to talk about it because he wants to continue to play. You know what I mean? One of those. So yeah, they they really they didn't say too much of anything. But the problem is like when we look at that knee, you know, Joels has so many injuries. So many injuries to whereas you lose count of it. But this is the same knee that he had to have surgery on in 2017 that, that that shut that season down after 31 games. Right. Which was technically his third, really his third season in the NBA, but his first playing season. He only played 31 games. So then he's having problems in the same knee. So, you know, it's, He's had a lot of knee problems. It could be a lot of other different things um, with that. But, no, nah, they, they kept it close to the vest, and now we found out that he had a, a meniscus injury. So it's
0: crazy. So I'm, I'm taking my 7-year-old down to the Sixers game tonight. Am I? Look, who am I going to see on the court? I mean, we got the guys that were traded that are still listed as out that are coming in, the guys that we sent out. Then Embiid's out, of course. D'Anthony Melton's been out for a while with a lumbar spine stress response, whatever that is. Nick Batum left hamstring strain. Robert Covington left bone, left knee bone bruise. Like, am I going to see the Bluecoats playing tonight at Wells Fargo? Will.
2: You will. I mean, you better get it a uh, Look, I hope they got a Turk Smith jersey in the in the bookstore for your gift shop. Because <laughs> in, cause, in you the know, bookstore. <laughs> but yeah, you know I'm like thinking I'm in college, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> the Rutgers bookstore
0: didn't have my any kid's already disappointed. He thought that I'd be able to possibly get him a Springer jersey, even though I told him he couldn't. And a guy with his oh, name. You can. Six, the you guy with his really cheap. Yeah, I was gonna now. say you they're get gonna, gonna get be a really cheap Sixers Springer jersey. Yeah, they're gonna be marked off <laughs> now. I mean, I, I feel like I'm watching like the process Sixers out there right now. <laughs> Who's gonna be on the court for this team, and and what is the hope of some of these injured guys? coming back to play some basketball
2: um yeah that's just it's 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 just, well i mean i, I think they want to play because you most of these injured guys that we were all talking about matter of fact all the injured guys you're talking about they're all on expiring contracts so it's one of those things where they do have to come back and play well. Right. And and a lot of times that's why it's taking so long to come back. Cause when they come back, they want to make sure they're a hundred percent. So they don't look bad, but yeah, I mean, they'll come back and they'll play and and they'll try to get some things together. Like, but right now it does look bad, but the guys who are going to play tonight, um, you may get, see some Kenny Lofton. You're definitely going to see some Turk Smith and you're going to see some Ricky council and, and the and the thing is, the funny part about these recent games, like they've been getting boat raised. I mean, they've been getting crushed. But the entertainment is, is if you if you're a fan, and you stay throughout the game in the fourth quarter, you get to see Ricky Council and Turk Smith just go for broke, and that's what they do. It's like it's like a pickup <laughs> game, man. Like you know what I mean? They're both like one game. Turk Smith. an All Star game. <laughs> it's All Star game. One game. Turk Smith has 17 points in nine minutes. The last game, uh, Ricky Council had 17 points in 10 minutes. So it's like, yo, they just going at it, man. And and that's 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 the highlight of the game for the Sixers.
1: Jason, you might get in the game. Oh God, this, they might be pulling you out of the stands at some point. Uh, well, we so, have
0: we <laughs> have tried out for the blue coats before draft. <laughs>
1: yeah, so so Keith, let's talk let's talk a little bit about some of the other trades quickly. Um, Pat Bev.
0: Who gets How to go play does, for Doc Rivers.
1: Well, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> what I don't understand about the Pat Bev chip, although I wanted to be in the locker room when he introduces himself because in, during In the Bubble, he took shots at Dame Lillard when Dame Lillard missed those two free throws. And, and so that could be some fun. But the Sixers, in my opinion, helped the Bucks a lot by giving Pat Bev to the Bucks Because the Bucks what they desperately needed – was defensive toughness, and they just handed the Bucks the one thing they didn't have.
2: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I think that that is going to be intriguing. But Pat Bev, in, in regards to Dame Lillard, Pat Bev's already said on his podcast, "I got to make this right. Like we got to, you know, it's it's time to win a championship. So he's going to uh, make it right. And it's weird because they do not get along. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that was that was a a move the thing about the Sixers and if they were going to make a move for a point guard, you had to get Pat Bev out of here. And the reason why you had to get Pat Bev out of here, like is because he was playing so well. He had such a huge influence that if you felt like you can get a Kyle Lowry or someone like they do, it's not going to work out because who like, are you going to reduce Pat Bev's minutes you know what I mean? Like when he's been so impactful. I mean, I don't, I don't think you could. So I feel like the fact that they feel confident that they can go out there and get Kyle Lowry, a six-time All-Star. You hope he still has something in the tank, right? But a six-time All-Star to whereas you can make that switch and 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 not miss a beat. But the thing about Pat Bev is he was a leader in
0: that locker room. he was teaching those guys they would go to timeout and you would see paul reed standing with him and he's like breaking down the play of what should do differently like i feel like they they sent away a bunch of leadership with him i get he's not the best shooter but he is a dog out there and aren't you taking a chance like the buyout market those guys have choices where they can go a lot of them are title hunting does Kyle Lowry want to go someplace he can win a title or come someplace to Philly? Like, I'm not saying he doesn't want to come to Philly, but that is kind of a draw if there's a team that's close to winning a title. And then you got the Sixers where you don't know if Embiid's going to come back.
2: Yeah, to me, when you made that move, you have to have extreme confidence that someone, that guy has come, that Kyle Lowry is coming. Like, because you don't make that move unless you believe that Kyle is coming. Like, you just don't. Like, you know, Cameron Payne, younger guard than, than, uh, Pat Bev, you know, younger. So you got, you got younger at the position. But to me, you only make that move if you have extreme confidence that, 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 uh, that, um, my man is coming. But me personally, I don't know if I'm going to trade him to Milwaukee because, like you guys have said before, that was the weakness they had defending the guard spot, right? So now, all of a sudden, you're helping this team out to be able to bring in a guy who's going to get underneath people's skin. I'd have rather. Do things. I'd so, rather them um,
0: sent Jaden Springer there. At least he's under 27, and Doc wouldn't have played him. Pat Bev will definitely <laughs> get run out there. I, I got to ask you about Doc, though. One in five since he's there with a bunch of blown double digit leads. Jeff knows um, I do hate watch sometimes different things. Um, I'm enjoying watching the excuses after the games. Is he going to turn that around there? The, the nah, toughest job so. ever that he doesn't wish on anybody. Right, Jeff? Wasn't that what he said? He doesn't wish taking a job like that on anybody when he was the consultant to the guy that tossed the guy out. <laughs> Sorry Keith, I've got feelings
2: Me no hobble All right. But look, listen, listen I, Nah, I, it's I like Doc, I like Doc a lot But these pr- post-game press conferences are funny though Like Because, you know, and the reason why They're funny is because It's the same stuff that I heard before Like, you know, when you were here Like when they lose a tough road game And it's the schedule, you know It's stuff like that, and then you know, it's certain things, but I mean, I think he, in a way it, it was a, is a tough situation to come into when you come into a team uh, in middle of the season, right? And you just have to go there and get the coach, and then you got strong personalities like in Giannis and stuff like that. But you know, Doc's getting paid, man. Like he's getting paid, and and but but it's a bad. It, the whole thing looks bad. Can you totally blame him, though, because I feel like they what they need to do is you got to get some practice time in, you got to do some other things, and they may get it together um, coming out of the All-Star break, right? But right now, it does look kind of crazy. Like everything, like you said, one in five, I mean, it looks crazy. It looks crazy right now.
1: All right. L- last, last question before we got to go. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. They now get Gordon Hayward if he can get healthy. Are the Oklahoma City Thunder a favorite now, top four team in the NBA?
2: You know, I, I think you have to say that they – it's weird because, like, you look at the young guys, and i the reason, reason why I'm being quiet right now or, or trying to catch myself is, like, they're a young, young team in a small market. So you tend to say no, right? Because America America doesn't want to watch the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Shea Gilders alexander is like a great player, but he's a a relative unknown to most people outside of the NBA. So you want to say no. But when you look at the moves that they all made, Sam Presti and all them, you have to say that this team is legitimate. I mean, you look at it and we look at the – LeBron James, we look at uh, the KDs, the Kevin Durant, and all them, these guys are getting older. And this team is young, they're vibrant, and they got this guy. Now, playoff basketball is a different animal. So we got to see what they do in the postseason, right? How that's going to be. But I do believe that they are one of the top teams. I don't know if they can make it to the Western Conference Final, you know, do this. But I look at the Denver Nuggets, and then I look at them as the teams that are you know, ascending to be that squad. The, but the biggest thing that I always have, because it's a small market team, and then we have like these luxury tax and all this other stuff, this second apron, is are they going to blow this squad up? Because you remember before, they had a dominant team with nice young talent with KD, Russell Westbrook, James um, um, Harden. And what happened? They blew the squad up. So I'm just... I'm looking at this like saying, what are y'all going to do this time? Because you have nice young guys. To, yeah, to they, make they, they
1: have like 85 first round picks in the next. It, it's insane. The number it's of it, it right. is insane. They, yeah. you know, they control. So they the draft. Can keep doing it.
0: Yeah. They control the draft for the next five, six years. Basically, yeah. uh, you can read him in the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can follow him at Pompeii on Sixers. Keith Pompeii, thanks for always keeping us updated on what's going on, man.
2: Thanks for having me and go Ohio State. Hey, hey, hey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always fun to talk about everything with Keith. Uh, We've got about 40 seconds left. Would you like me to go first with my Super Bowl pick or would you like to go for it? Uh, I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes. I'm picking the Chiefs. Uh, Everybody can complain about Taylor Swift being on TV and celebrating. And uh, I think that's what goes down. What do you think?
1: Last possession of the game. Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things 27-24.
0: You really think we're getting that good of a game? I'm hoping for a good game. You're just trying to wish it into existence, aren't you? Yeah, why Thanks.
1: not? I want I mean, if my team was in it, I'd want a blowout. Yeah, but, but since they're not, your
0: team's I want the, a close game. Your team's, I want fun. Your team's the Giants. They're not going to be at it. Thanks so much for joining us this week. <laughs> Make sure to join us next week. Your Friday team's night. in Brazil. They are to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.